The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Hello, everyone. This is Rob Golfie with Remax, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Golfie Real Estate Show with host Rick Zamprin. Yes, Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton edition on 900 CHML on the air once again. Welcome to another, well, somewhat to be Beautiful Saturday. It's been a wild week weather-wise, but hey, it is uh, April. Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, both sales representatives with Remax's Cartman Realty, the Golfie team. You can call them anytime if you want to get your home sold for top dollar in this wild and wacky market. 905-575-7700. Online, the website is robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Check out what the Golfie team is up to on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And of course, if you have a topic idea or a question for the Golfie team, send them an email, questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. We have a host of topics we're going to get to today, including uh, how we have to get more housing supply uh, in uh, available to people who want to get into a home. That is the big question uh, facing us uh, at this time. We'll talk about real-time bids and whether or not we'll be able to uh, notice any difference in terms of price escalation or getting people into homes easier. And we're also going to talk about higher mortgage rates. We know that uh, inflation is on the rise still. Interest rates on the rise as well. How is that going to impact things? Before we get to all of that, Rob, Philip, how's your week been? What's what's going on these days? Yeah, pretty good. It's pretty good. I mean, a lot of changes are happening in the market. Um, it, uh, it It has cooled to a certain degree. Uh, I think the buyers are being a little bit more cautious than ever. I don't know if it's because of interest rates or, or not, but they are being more cautious. Um, so like, for instance, I had uh, a couple uh, that I was showing a house in Waterdown and uh, we looked at it, beautiful house and everything. And uh, they had it at 1.8 and I said to them uh, that, and they were holding offers. And they go, Rob, what do, what do you think? I says, they're not going to get any offers. I says, it, that's, that, it's not going to happen. I, I didn't feel that the value was there. I don't know. I didn't think the, uh, the uh, realtor really knew the market that well either for pricing this house out uh, as much also. So my, I, I, I basically said to them, look, uh, it, you can put an offer in, but you don't have to go over asking. Uh, but they're probably looking at 2 million, which they're not going to get. They're not going to get even the 1.8. Um, I, I think it's probably in the 1.5 range, maybe one six if they're lucky, but, uh, but they're, but they're not going to even look at an offer like that because their expectations are going to be a lot higher, right? So they have to go through the aches and pains of, of being on the market a long time, knowing that the holding offers failed for them and all that. So the thing is, it's not good to hold offers on houses. The, the, the consumers out there are, are more careful in, in putting an offer on something like that. And they're not even looking at houses like that. I I still think there's the, the right time and the right place and the right house to do that. I think it's less than 10%, 10% of the houses that you can hold offers on, but I wouldn't recommend that. I think you will hurt your listing quite a bit. And I'll give you a perfect example. Um, we had a, a listing in, uh, in uh, Benbrook, Glanbrook, 
and it's Daniel, uh, my son uh, had it. They interviewed three agents, both the other two agents suggested they list at 900 and hold offers. So Daniel uh, went and said, no, we'll list at 1.1, we're not gonna hold offers and we'll deal with that. And uh, the homeowner felt, he felt more comfortable dealing with us because of the knowledge and everything that he felt that we were showing him. Now there was another house, okay, that listed for 900, held offers, and they ended up getting 950,000. Now this other house was bigger, four bedrooms, 200 square feet bigger, and the house that we had was three bedrooms. So Daniel listed it at 1.1 million. We sold it at 1.1 million. Hmm. And the agent that brought the offer and said, hey, are, are you, when are you taking offers? And uh, Dan goes, if you got an offer for me today, we'll look at it. And in that, and, and so he got that. So basically we sold a smaller house with three bedrooms, one bedroom less uh, for 1.1. And the other agent listed a bigger house with more bedrooms at 900 and got 950. That's why you do not hold offers today. That will hurt you. Now, if you know the market well, you know not to do that. And that it's not working all the time anymore. So our clients were super thrilled. They were happy and they were happy at the price. We, you got to price your house exactly what the value is today. That's the way you're going to do it. We just passed that market where you have to, you hold offers. That's not there anymore. Not there. You can do on some properties, but not all. Anyway, with, Phil's got some, some stories. Yeah, no, there's been, a, you know, there's been a couple times where, where, you know, in dealing with buyers as well, there'll be properties that they want to go see and they, they, they're, they're navigating through, through the market and they'll say, do not bring me any properties that are holding offers. They're, they're, they're not going through that, the, the, those pricing games and pricing strategies. But once again, there's certain style of properties and a certain price point in a certain neighborhood that support that holding offer method and strategy. But, but, but we're, we're past the market. The inventory has grown rapidly. There's, there's a lot of choice out there amongst real estate listings. So, so it's, it's a strategy that you really have to know the market. You really have to know the areas to really understand what, what the right pricing strategy is. Now in my, in, in my particular, um, you know, experience, we, we had myself, you know, I had two different listings um, that they asked about, should we hold offers or should we price it at this point? And I, I advised them, I said, Hey, listen, go up at this number. This is the number your house is going to sell for. Do not hold offers. Both times on, on both occasions, the property sold over asking, not much, not much, five and $10,000 over asking, but, but we, but it was the true market value of that particular listing. And that's what made it attractive to, to most people is because, hey, this is the price we're going up at. We're not holding offers. You bring us something full price, that's, that's, we're going to accept it. And that's, what, uh, that, that's the pricing strategy that I'm recommending to, to everyone right now. And like I said before, I don't, I, I'm not knocking holding offers because there's still some instances where we will do it and where we will recommend it, but it's far and few between than what it was in, uh, in, in, in uh, end of February, beginning of March, for sure. So what's, what's great about this, Rick, is that now the buyer can look at a house that's for sale, that's not being held offers. He knows what he's pre-approved at. There's no you know, thing that he goes, well, you know, they're asking this much, but what do you think it's going to go for? Well, they know we're asking the, that price point, 
And now they can work with it. They can, they can work with it. They say, Hey, let's go in with an offer. And everybody is always going to try a little less. And then you, and then you have some negotiations there. But the thing is the consumer is more settled and they know what, if, if you're asking 1.1 million for the house, well, guess what? If that's their budget, they can look at that house without having to think about going into competition. So again, uh, you got to be very, very careful how you price a home. And you, and in and, and most houses now, you have to you have to deep dive into the into doing the evaluation mm-hmm. and, and trying to really figure out the market because you can't go back ninety days. You can't because ninety days ago is a different total yeah. market than it is now. I go back sometimes thirty to sixty days, and if there's not enough comparables, I try to adjust it by based on on, on the market conditions how it's there's, changed. There's less surprises, right? When we were going through that February March market, it was it was everything was a surprise. Every sale price was a new record. Every sale price was over asking for hundreds and thousands of dollars. It was it was incredible to work in that market. And and oftentimes people would ask me, Hey, what do you think my house would sell for? And I would look at them and I would say, I have no idea in this market. Now we're going back to a more balanced market where there's more predictability and the market is, is cool to a point where it's not as rapidly increasing and appreciate, appreciate, uh, appreciating as it once was. So we're, it's, it's, it's easier for a buyer to, to, be educated, understand the market comparables and what the market is dictating. Combined with that, it's easier for a seller to understand what they can expect to get in a, in a true market. And in no way does this mean that our market's dropping and there's, there's average price points coming down. No, we're, we're going to see listings increase. We're going to see days on market increase and we're going to see prices hold. Your average price point will hold. Rob, you mentioned earlier that buyers are more cautious now. Is it because they're looking at the price point and looking at their budget, or does does a bit of it also play a part in maybe they've been you know to a number of other homes, put in bids, did not get that home, so now they're thinking, all right, I mean, we haven't been able to dive into a home. We, are, we can afford to be a little more cautious when we do eventually buy a house. Absolutely. They, they, they're the ones that uh, missed out on properties and they're probably glad that they did. They're probably glad that they didn't get that house uh, two months ago that they really love. Now they can go in, they can breathe, they can put a condition on that house, say, Hey, listen, we love this house. We want to buy it. We want to go in condition of financing. We want to go in condition on inspections. We are seeing houses now after the inspections uh, in some cases, you know, there's some adjustments on price because you know, uh, uh, home inspectors are finding things wrong with the house. And then we have to, you know, p- put those deals together and, and readjust sometimes prices or the homeowner has to fix certain things. So we're going into the normality of this market where the buyer knows what he's getting and he's not going blindsided and, mm-hmm. and, and buying a house and he moves in and he's finding out, Oh wow. I didn't know this roof had a leak. Mm-hmm. I didn't know the, I didn't know I had four layers of shingles on this house. I didn't know there was this or, and I didn't know what there was that. So, the buyer now is is probably more comfortable and they're and they're looking at it and they're and, and which is good. This is the best way because it's not they're not gonna end up having surprises when they move in. And they're they're you know, they're taking they're looking at it twice now. Before in the in the early this year, you only had a half an hour to look at a house and make a decision whether you wanted mm-hmm. to buy it or not. Can you imagine that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the same thing happened in twenty seventeen. It's so funny. So 2017, we, we've been through this before. It was a very similar market, in my opinion. Low inventory, multiple offer situations, things going for over asking price. Now, what's happened is, is 
some buyers have lost confidence, right? There's sometimes, you know, two months ago, there was 25 offers on a property and these buyers were saying, well, I want to put in the 26th and the 27th. And now there's only maybe one or two offers on a property and they're saying, oh, you know, I'm not interested in, in that. There's, I don't want to compete. So it, 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 I think it's still important for, for buyers to stay motivated because in the same thing like 2017, we did not see the market crash after 2017. We did not see the average price point you know, come way down in 2017. So this is a very similar market. Um, and in comparison, we, like I said before, I, the price points are going to hold and, and we don't see them going anywhere. The game has certainly changed. We've been talking a lot about, about buyers in this opening segment. I'm going to ask Rob and Philip about sellers and how they've adjusted to the new reality. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition. Stay with us. You're listening to 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road Although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your this is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with you, alongside Rob Golfy and Philip Golfy, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. You can call Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales, and the first real estate team in Hamilton to sell a thousand homes in a year. 905-575-7700 is the phone number. Again, that's 905-575-7700. If you want to sell your home for top dollar contact the golfy team online robgolfy.com that's rob g-o-l-f-i.com and check out the golfy team on social media whether it's tiktok facebook instagram or twitter and if you have a topic idea or a question you'd like addressed on a future program send the golfy team an email questions at robgolfy.com in our opening segment, we talked a lot about buyers and how they're a little more cautious. They don't want to see uh, the holding offers anymore. They just want to go in, make it a nice, clean process. Maybe they've been burned from time to time. How have sellers adjusted to what is now going on? Sellers haven't adjusted. They're, they're, they're learning as they go. <laughs> Some sellers actually will take our advice. A lot of them are not listening and they say, no, I want to hold offers. And we're like, like, you, you don't understand, like you, you're going to hurt your listing. You're going to end up holding offers. People, some people will show just to see the house and some people won't because, because of that reason. And then, and if, and if that doesn't work, when you reset, you know, a new price or you reset or anything else, those people, those people that first saw that listing coming out, those are your best buyers right there. So they're not going to look at it after they say, Oh yeah, that's that one. They were trying to hold offers. They didn't get anything. Uh, so, so now they disregard that listing. So, you know, it's uh, the, the sellers, you know, uh, you know, like the only thing we can do is advise them whether they take our advice. It's up, it's up to them. And some of them, most of them do take our advice. A lot of them don't. And we just say, Hey, you understand this, right? That this is not, not the process that we want, want you to go. But if you want to, you know, obviously if you want to follow 
the wrong way, we'll, we'll, we'll take you that route and, and then we'll learn, we'll learn the hard way that, and it could cost them a lot of money. It sounds like the longer the year drags on, the easier those conversations are going to be because we're just, we're pretty fresh out of that hectic period that Phil alluded to in terms of, Mm -hmm. you know, it was so hard to, uh, you know, get a number because things were just, you know, a hundred, two hundred, four hundred dollars over asking. Uh, now that the dust has settled, so to speak, uh, in the next maybe month or so, I think sellers might realize that, all right, things have changed and that conversation will be easier. Absolutely. We're just probably about a little touch over a month of the market changing. Mm-hmm. March, towards the end of March is when we start feeling the market changing in April. So it's still fresh. You're mm-hmm. right. It, we're still new and, and, and it hasn't sunk into the to the consumer's uh, you know, brain yet that, that the market has changed. And they're still, they're still looking at the house down the street that on the same street as they have and the same house that they have that got the to, let's say the 2 million and they want that 2 million, which is not their house is smaller, their house is all that kind of stuff. So they, it, it's, it, they have a hard time comprehending that they can't get what their neighbor got two months ago. They just can't get that. And, but they'll learn that they'll learn the next house that goes on the street ends up selling at the right price at the, at the market it's at. And that's it. Now I'm not saying housing, housing prices are coming down. They're just, they're just not going up to the level that it was yeah. ridiculous at the beginning of the year. They're, like the, the housing market's still way up compared to last year, and 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 it, it's just got to it's got to the dust has got to settle someplace, and 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 it's going to happen. And that's what's going that's what's going on right now. I mean, you're still getting good money compared to last year. Last year was crazy, also. So I I don't think, uh, but it's just that it's it, the numbers are going to be more realistic as we come down the line down the down towards the, the summer and the fall this year. There's, there's finally some normality back into our housing market. And, and, and you know, and this, this, if you reflect on the last two months, that's, that's not what our housing market's all about. Everyone's, everyone thinks that that's, a, that's the way it's always been and that's the way it's going to continue to be to move forward. No, those, if, you, if, you, if you bottle up those two months and, and take it away um, and you take that, that major price appreciation growth away, you'll see that, that we would have, we're, we're going to trend that way anyways, but we just did it in, in like a two month period. Yeah. So in terms of, you know, the economics of, of that housing market, you're going to see our place, our, our prices flatline for, for a while. We're going to see people who, who are going to, you know, buy a house and, and put hundreds of thousands of dollars into a pool and fix it up and, and might not get it backwards before they were. So if we're not going to, you know, and that's the major difference is we're not going to have the hand over fist, rapid price appreciation growth like we had through March and February. It's still going to be there. There's still a lot of buyer confidence. There's still a lot of confidence in our housing market. You know, and some people might disagree depending on what they're reading and what websites they're on. But they're, they're, the, the buyer confidence is high. Home, home ownership is, is a top priority amongst young Canadians. And, and we're seeing that. And, and in my opinion, there's been no better time to buy a house if you compare it from now in, in, in the last two to three months. If you're if you're a buyer and, and you've been hemming and hawing and, and maybe you got discouraged by the multiple offer situations and um, you know the lack of inventory on the market and not being able to put conditions in your offer, now is the time to start reconsidering it. Lock in your mortgage rate uh, so so you, you don't get affected by these these rate increases. And if you're not familiar with that, is you can go work with a mortgage agent right now, uh, get a pre-approval done. 
in that rate as it is as it stands today, they will lock you in. So uh, for for ninety to one hundred and twenty days, depending on what financial institution you are in. And that way, the next rate hikes, if they do come, will not affect you. You get locked in at today's rate. And and and, and go out and, and start looking again because there's a lot of inventory on the market. There's there's you know there's deals out there. Um, and, and in particular, you'll be able to go in with a financing condition or a home inspection condition, or 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 you, you can take your time in walking through the house two or three times before putting an offer so that you're 100% comfortable. It's, it's a lot to buy your first house or it's a lot to buy any house, but, but take your time and, and, and use the resources of a real estate agent and a home inspector and a mortgage agent to, to guide you through the process and help you navigate this market. Because like I said, in the last two months, it's been very difficult. Now, if you've been discouraged by what's happened, now's the time to start reconsidering uh, your next purchase. Phil, you just mentioned mortgage rates, and there's uh, you know millions of Canadians who are on variable rate mortgages, and really there was a, a no-brainer, especially during the pandemic, with interest rates really for many years now being uh, you know ultra low. Now that the Bank of Canada has at least a couple of times raised rates, uh, we're now at one percent, still you know super low, but you know as more rates are being hinted at, more rate hikes, I should say, being hinted at this year, some people might want to lock in that that mortgage rate for those who are house hunting. How much do they consider interest rates, mortgage rates, fixed, variable, all that kind of stuff when they're looking at, you know, the price point and whether to dive into the market? Yeah, the person who affects most is the first time home buyer because it's a major swing in regard to their overall mortgage, you know, affordability, affordability, but they're oftentimes carrying a larger mortgage than somebody who's been into the market for 15 years because when they have, you know, they're often, they've been paying down a mortgage for 15 years. They're, they're carrying a, a, a small minor mortgage, but for the first time home buyer who's going out and trying to exhaust every single penny and squeeze every single penny out of their income and do everything like that to, to be able to afford a house. Well, these rate hikes are going to have a dramatic effect on, on their month to month total debt service ratio. And that's how it's calculated to see how, if you can qualify or how you qualify for a mortgage. So for the most part, that's who it's affecting. That's who it's affecting. And, and, uh, and, and they'll have to qualify at the stress test rate, not just the current mortgage rate. They'll have to qualify at the stress test rate, which makes it that much more difficult. So these rate increases and these stress, uh, the, the, the new qualified stress test number or rate has a dramatic effect on first time home buyers. And in my opinion, it's squeezing them. It's, it's continuing to squeeze them out of the market and giving those opportunities to investors and people buying their second or third property uh, as, investments or, or, or what have you. And the first time home buyer continues to get squeezed out of the market. So that's, that's who those rate increases in my opinion affect most. And that's what I've seen um, them and then who it affects most. But like I said, you know, even if you're not planning on buying a house or you're hemming and hawing, it's hundreds of dollars a month um, on, on, you know, on, on mortgages, on mortgage principal amount. So it's, uh, it's important to make sure that you, you can lock in and, and get a lower rate and um, and it just makes the home buying process a little bit easier when you have that information up front prior to buying. I think the interest rates will make a big factor on people buying a secondary property like the cottage country people. Mm-hmm. They are going to feel uh, uh, a big pain on that because of this is because they are, they've got probably their own property plus a, a, a cottage property. The interest rates will make an effect for those people. But I, I go back to, you know, the interest rates going up uh, and, you know, 
on a million, it's an extra twenty-seven dollars per hundred thousand dollars of mortgage. Almost, of almost, almost right. So if you're carrying, if you're carrying a million-dollar mortgage, which a lot of people don't carry, it's an extra two hundred and seventy bucks per half point, approximately. Okay, so. I, if you compare it to the gas prices, it's not like people are stopping, you know, stop driving because of the gas prices. It's not like, you know, people are just going to not go like, you know, there's still the same amount of cars on the road. You you adjust, you adapt and you, you move on. It's, you know, I, I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's anything that's, you know, groundbreaking or transformational or um, going to result in an economic downturn because of these interest rates. I just think it's something that, that, you know, they've been so low for so long and maybe the jump from a, a two to a 4% interest rate. Yeah, sure. It's doubling, but in the grand scheme of things, it's still, it's low. still low. very, very low. Um, and, and, you know, in terms of even where rates were uh, five, six years ago, we're not even, we're not even there. So it's, um, you know, I, I, I know the headlines and, you know, the big, you know, the biggest jump in 22 years by a half point and, you know, mortgage rates are still going to increase. Like those are catchy headlines or buzz headlines, but I, I really don't think they're going to really have an effect it, it, on, on our overall housing market or economy. But I will say as the interest rates go and as they get higher, they affect the first time home buyer and they squeeze out the first time home buyer mostly. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I still think it'll hurt a little bit for, people's incomes that are not as high as they are. They bought their first house and mortgage rates and, you know, if their mortgage increases by three, five, $600 a month. I remember I was there in the, in the year, in the nineties, early nineties, when the interest rates, you know, were jumping up to 13%. I mean, I, I got the mortgage at eight, nine or 10% and they jump up to 3%. I remember the difference. And I, yeah. and, and I was, I was uh, always renewing on an open, uh, open uh, uh, six months or one year, just so because I was waiting for it to come down, and uh, and it and it did, and it made a difference. But it, it does make a difference was, depending there, on your income. It there does. was no stress test in the late eighties <laughs> and early nineties. So that, we've 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 been financially, you know, yeah. disciplined and, and to you know understand that these these rates could come and and could be a, a situation, and that's why they they implemented the stress test. So. Um, it's not like people are going to be underwater and, and, and having to do that. I mean, what the stress test does not protect you against is, is sure it protects you against, you know, an increased rate hike, but that additional funds that you might have access to, you know, it doesn't stop someone. There's no stress test to go book a vacation. There's no stress test to buy a, to buy a new car. So that's, that's the only concern if people aren't financially disciplined in themselves. Um, that, that they will be affected if they, they, they do have a massive car payment in our, living a little bit of a lavish lifestyle. So, You can listen to our show online through Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. Just search for The Golfy Real Estate Show in your favorite podcast platform and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. Call the Golfy team today if you want to get your home sold for top dollar, 905-575-7700, online, robgolfie.com. Interesting story. I think it was in the Toronto Star about dwindling a housing stock here in Ontario that most properties in this province are being hoarded. Here, here's a statistic for you. Let me know what you think about it. People who already own multiple properties own more than 31% of the homes in Ontario. That's a huge number. It's massive. And, 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 and I think those numbers are real realistic. I do because I, I, I do think a lot of people, uh, in the, uh, 
middle to upper class own uh, various properties and, and they've been buying real estate. Most of these condos, most of these condos, uh, most of these condos that have been going up, the majority of them are investors. And some of them sell them before they, they close the deal. Some of them sell them uh, as soon as they take possession. Some of them, they're mostly, and then, and then the transition happens. Then the transition happens. And, and it, takes, it takes probably about two to three years before the, the investor ends up selling it. And then you start getting homeowners crazy. moving in. Yeah, but it, but, it, but it, it is a crazy stat. I mean, we've seen real estate be a direct avenue to build wealth, a, a direct avenue to build um, uh, your retirement. And, and there, you know, there's a lot of support. There's a lot of education. There's a lot of, tri- you know, different, different shows about it. Like we live in an era where, where somebody right now has, is carrying, you know, maybe $150,000, $200,000 mortgage on their million dollar property. And that's a lot of people who can just go access, you know, $800,000, $900,000, pull it out of their, out of their, their principal home and go buy two more properties easily and have those generate wealth um, for whether it's for the retirement or or setting up their kids for their first home. And we continue to see that as a pathway that people are using to, to, uh, to develop wealth. And, and it's, it's been a, a, you know, people have been very successful with it um, and and continue to do it uh, after, you know, multiple properties. And we see it all the time. When we come back, we're going to talk about real-time bids. Is it going to help home buyers? Stay tuned. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samperton alongside Rob Golfy and Philip Golfy, sales representatives with Remax Escarpman Realty, the Golfy team. Follow them online at robgolfy.com. That's Rob, G O L F I.com. Call them today. The phone number is 905 575 7700. You'll be calling the first ever real estate team in this city to sell a thousand homes in a year. That phone number again, 905 575 7700. And follow the Golfy team on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook. I want to ask you guys about this real-time bid initiative. There's a pilot project that's going to be uh, testing out, I guess, how this could potentially benefit homebuyers in this country. I'm not sure how it's going to work, how long the pilot project is going to stick around for, and what are the measurables that... Uh, institutions like the Canadian Real Estate Association are going to look like, are going to look at to make sure or determine whether this is successful. Real-time bids, where do you stand on this topic? You know what? Either way, it doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter for me like how it goes. But I, I, on, on the one side of it, for sellers, they'll, they're going to have a choice. And this thing is going to be implemented in, in a year from now. I think uh, April of next year. So for sellers, they'll have the choice, and and more than likely, they're going to go with a closed bid because 
Um, cause what we go by is, okay, there's 10 offers. So somebody's calculating, okay, there's 10 people interested in this place. Let's, and, and they, they're going blind. I, I get it. And they're going to put in an offer that they feel that they can beat everybody. Mm-hmm. So, and yes, and sometimes there is a huge difference from the first best offer and the second best offer. Now, if you do an open bid where they actually get to see, Oh, somebody makes a bid and it's open. And let's say they, let's say the asking price is a million dollars. The first open bid is 1.1 million. Well, you just eliminated probably half or three quarters of the people that want to put an offer in. Then now you got somebody else. Is he willing to go up over 1.1? Maybe not. And then if it's, if he's the only offer, he may actually renegotiate that. Like it's, he may say, well, listen, I'm the only offer because that open bid scared everybody else away. And and that's going to hurt the seller. It could also push the property up. For the people that do have money, it'll push the push the the, the, the sale price up. But but with the op- open bid, it's going to eliminate more first time buyers away from the market. Mm-hmm. They're not going to get the house as much. With, with a closed bid, with a closed bid, they have a chance. Mm-hmm. They had a chance even to beat the the guy that had more money. They had a chance. Now with an open bid, they're not going to even go in. They said, "Well, I you know what my my highest was this, and I'm not you know or." You know what I mean? It's, I'm telling you, it's it's going to go either way. But here, here's the thing. It, you know, in my opinion, I, I really don't like the government getting involved in controlling the way home home, home you know homeowners sell their home, right? Like, it, you know, the government should be, shouldn't be getting involved in, in in giving them away or an avenue. Um, my another opinion of mine is is I don't think I don't see this being attractive for the sellers because. This is coming in place because of the buyers, right? It's coming in place. You think about the, the, the reasoning for, for this. Sellers aren't complaining that they have multiple offers and hundreds of thousands of dollars going over asking price. And, you know, the, I, I don't have a seller complaining to me. It's the buyers. And every so, buyer is going to become a seller eventually. Right. And, and, and I've, I've sat there and I've had sellers say, Phil, I completely disagree with this entire bidding process. I don't like how it happened, but this is my house and we have to do whatever it takes to get the most amount of money. And my response is, I agree with you. I've been on the other side. I've been a, I've been a buyer. I've, I've helped, you know, countless buyers and I'll, you know, we've lost and, and we have a lot. And you won. And you won. And we've won. But this process is to benefit the buyer. If I would, if I were to go into a listing presentation and say, Hey, you know, this, this is the way there, there's two options to sell your house. We can do a closed bid system or we can do an open bid system. The open bid system is going to be more beneficial for the buyers. The closed bid system is going to be more beneficial for you, the seller. Which one would you like to go with? <laughs> the seller is going to say, well, I want more money. You know, I want, I want to put myself in the best position to get the most amount of money for my home. Okay. Thank you. We're going to go with a closed bid system. And offers are going to be on that day. Perfect. But that, that, it, there's, there's really no attraction to the open bid system. Now, there, I, I was following it online, and, and there's a lot of different arguments out there. But listen, based on my experience and based on, you know, a lot of the time on the, I'm, I'm on the other side of the table representing the seller in the closed bid system. And I promise you, on countless, countless occasions, there are many different examples as to why the seller would, would not want to do an open bid system. And on many number of occasions, the final sale price would be a lot smaller 
if it was an open bid system. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, this this will be up, from my understanding, this will be up to the seller, and I can't see any seller uh, agreeing to this kind of system. So we'll see how the pilot project proceeds. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, some ways that the federal government is trying to make buying a house more affordable for first-time home buyers. Stay tuned. This is the Gulfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. And one more go around here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfy and Philip Golfy, sales representatives with Remax's Cartman Realty, the Golfy team. Find them on the World Wide Web. The website address is robgolfy.com. That's Rob G O L F I.com. Call Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales, 905 575 7700. And follow the Golfy team on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you have a topic idea or a question for the Golfie team, send them an email. We'll get to it on a future program. Questions at robgolfie.com is the email address. The federal government with a basket full of initiatives to try their darndest at making first-time homebuyers get into the game. Uh, there's a tax-free first home savings account. They're extending the first-time homebuyer incentive. There's a first-time homebuyer's tax credit. And on and on and on and on. Is any of this stuff going to work? Uh, it will work in t- five to ten years from now. <laughs> it's not going to happen. There's no immediate. There's no immediate uh, uh, thing that's going to help uh, first-time uh, home buyers right now. It's 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 down the road. So basically, <laughs> basically, if uh, and then I don't know if a parent can put money into this tax-free savings if the if they have a child that's five years old or whatever. Hmm. So by the time they're twenty, I guess eighteen or twenty years old. They can put it in, but sometimes these guys, they want to start buying a house right away. Why? This tax-free savings is not going to help them. I, I just, uh, well, you and, know, and the maximum is only there, there are some other incentives, but not, not the tax-free savings account. Yeah, the maximum is only 40000 So, I mean, that doesn't really go a long way these days. It, well, that's supposed to be on top of your original tax-free savings account, right? Like, it's an addition to. So, you know, if a buyer has, you know, their, their tax-free savings account maxed out, which... You know, let's face it, right? Not a lot of people do. And then this would be another additional. You still have to come up with the 40 grand. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I believe in, in the grant system. I believe here's $25,000. If you sell the house within 20 years, we get our money back. If you hold it for 20 years, it's, it's, it's yours. Like, like, there has to be a type of, of, of system that, that is better than these, you know, these small 1,000 to 5,000. Like, let's face it, right? In terms of uh, a tax-free credit that's, 2000 bucks well, in the grand scheme of things of, you know, our average price point of, of home today, it's, it's not a lot, right? I mean, there's statistics out there. The, the, the people that are helping first time home buyers is, is the bank of mom and dad. And 
in, in a lot of cases, if they don't have access to those funds and they're, you know, a parent isn't willing to help with a gift or, or something like that, in many, many cases, it puts, it puts first time home buyers in a very tough situation. Um, and, and we've seen, you know, we've seen these types of tax credits before for the first time home buyer. It does not have an effect on, on, on helping first time home buyers get into the market. It's, it's, you know, people resort back to the bank of mom and dad. It's just, it's just the, the, the entry level incomes do not support the, the housing market today to get in, uh, into an entry level home. Mm-hmm. I love the grand system too. The, the the problem with that though, it's putting the cart before the horse because you can give everyone a grant of whatever the number is to get into a home. The problem is there isn't a home to get into. There's not enough supply out there right. or, or new homes to get yeah. into. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 that and that supply is gonna be short for a long time yeah. because uh because I mean there's a shortage of homes in Ontario and all over Canada and and who knows in North America, but there, there is a shortage of homes and, and we're going to go through little spurts uh, uh, for the next five to 10 years in, in housing. It's, we're going to have, you know, we may flatline now with our prices for, for a bit and then we're going to have a spurt. We're going to flatline and then another spurt, uh, another little boom. Uh, I mean, normally houses double every 10 years, but are pretty well almost in the last five to eight years, houses uh, have doubled almost depending on the area that you're living in, mm-hmm. especially in, in Niagara houses have doubled, but yeah. maybe not as much in, in the Hamilton Halton area. But, but what I'm saying is, is that housing prices are going to continue because there is a shortage of homes. The demand is a lot greater. And yeah, you're right. We were talking earlier about, you know, uh, the investors are hoarding, they're buying more than one investment property. They're not just not, not only they have their own personal residence, but they probably have two or three other residents and that's causing a shortage they combine with that like like sure we want to build you know hundreds of thousands of new homes but if you look if you look at the maps in terms of where we live today and you start to understand the protected areas in terms of where you're not allowed to build and where the urban growth is and and, and start to look at those types of styles of maps there's not a lot of areas that support new development in terms of land and, and things like that. So they need to focus on the infills. They need to focus on building up the downtown cores and building up into, into condos and building um, and, and turning larger properties into, into multiple, um, you know, dwellings. And, and that's how you're going to increase housing supply. There's, there's a lot of protected areas around where, especially where we live around the Niagara escarpment. Um, there's a lot of protected areas in terms of conservation. There's those uh, you know, really sensitive areas that will just not be developed just due to the fact of, of the environmental impact that, that it will have. And we will have to avoid those areas. They got to focus on the infills and the downtown core and building up. It's a great point and a great end to the show. Rob, Phil, thanks for joining us today. And thank you for listening to the Golfie Real Estate Show. We're back next Saturday at 9 on 900 CHML. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.